0: Hello and welcome to a Royal College of Psychiatrists podcast. My name is Howard Ryland, I'm the Associate Editor of the e-newsletter. I'm joined today by Dr. Walter Bouzatil from Combat Stress. Welcome. Hello. So, could you tell us a little bit about Combat Stress and what your role is there?
1: Combat Stress is a third sector charity. It was established in 1919 after the First World War uh, by women who were wives of or daughters or mothers or sisters of uh, World War I veterans. And uh, it's been in existence uh, really ever since uh, the First World War. Uh, Combat Stress uh, has provided historically mental health uh, support and treatment for veterans of the various wars that Britain's been involved in. Its history really has uh, uh, reflected the levels of engagement that the country has been uh, involved in in relation to war. Uh, So during the interwar uh, periods perhaps the level of interest has uh, diminished, although the need hasn't necessarily diminished. So this country has been involved in wars for the last 12 years with Iraq and Afghanistan, and uh, we've seen an increase of around 72% in our Uh, veterans asking for help. Last year we had 1,700 new inquiries for help uh, and it continues to grow. On average uh, veterans uh, ask for help uh, from combat stress around 14 years after they leave the military. So there's a huge time lapse in relation to veterans deciding that they actually need some help. Having said that, for the most recent wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, we found that the average now is as low as two years And the reason for this, we think, is that education in relation to uh, uh, traumatic stress disorders and uh, psychiatric uh, effects of fighting uh, a war uh, is much improved, both in the military and also the veterans uh, themselves are more uh, able, perhaps, to recognise symptoms. Having said that, most of the people who come to us are on their last uh, marching orders from their wife, a good woman, who insists that they actually try to get help. Interestingly, uh, the levels of referrals from uh, other professionals are very low indeed, uh, and only about 3% are referred through GPs, Uh, 60% are self-referrals, and 10% are referrals through families, and the rest really come through other service military charities.
0: Great, thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about who you treat and what services you provide
1: We treat uh, anybody who's served in the military for one day. So a veteran in this country is defined as somebody who's served in the military, that's the Royal Air Force, uh, the Royal Marines, the Royal Navy, and the Army, uh, for one day. Uh, We also treat uh, people who've served in the Merchant Navy, as if you've served in the Merchant Navy in time of war, you're then entitled to treatment. Um, uh, We, by and large, however, experience that uh, most people who come to us for help have actually uh, seen uh, military operations, so something like ninety two percent of our population has been involved in a traumatic experience, usually on operations uh, and, and most of these have had two or more exposures to a traumatic event. The, the kind of uh, clinical presentations we uh, see are of the, of the people who become clinical cases. we uh, see around seventy five percent with a primary diagnosis of post traumatic stress disorder of which 62% have comorbid presentations, including depression and alcohol problems and drug problems. Uh, the other 25% uh, have alcohol problems, primarily uh, uh, anxiety and depression. Very few present with psychotic uh, uh, symptomatology. Uh, many present with dissociative symptoms that are easily missed and misdiagnosed uh, as uh, uh, a pseudopsychotic or a, a schizoaffective uh, presentation.
0: You mentioned that most of your um, patients are self-referred. How do you link in with other health services?
1: We, uh, we have a, a, a self-referral process because it has been shown, in fact, with veterans that they have big issues in relation to stigma. So that is perhaps the biggest barrier that veterans have. Uh, The other issue is that the NHS doesn't recognise that patients who, for example, are signing on with GPs have served in the military, so there's no means to identify whether or not somebody has served, so the questions never get asked. And certainly, in my experience, levels of education in relation to primary and even secondary care uh, in relation to veterans' mental health uh, isn't very good or, or very high, and not many people have really been interested uh, in 2010, uh, Andrew Morrison, who's a doctor, who was a territorial uh, uh, army, well, te- actually served with the TA with the Royal Navy, uh, and an MP, produced a paper called Fighting Fit. And this was the government's uh, response to uh, perhaps uh, various uh, media uh, uh, pressures that uh, combat stress and other military charities put on the government to provide mental health services for veterans, because it has been shown that if you produce... Uh, veterans uh, friendly mental health services even in the NHS uh, that veterans will actually access those services so Fighting Fit eventually led to the 10 SHA uh, footprints uh, in England um, coming together and and each footprint now provides a veterans mental health network and these uh, individual networks have received £150,000 each to uh, provide a, a clinical service or a signposting service Uh, To veterans. Wales has done something different. They have an all Wales uh, network. Uh, They have one clinician per uh, board. Uh, Northern Ireland uh, hasn't done very much, and Scotland has uh, a similar um, uh, service running in the NHS. Having said that, these services are very small indeed. The levels of expertise uh, need to grow further, and Combat Stress was tasked by Fighting Fit to work in conjunction with the NHS to actually Uh, produce uh, outreach and community services. By the way, Combat Stress already had uh, outreach and community services. We uh, had a big campaign to raise money. We raised £30 million to set up 14 uh, multidisciplinary outreach services which are uh, in operation across the whole of Britain. Uh, The other thing that Combat Stress has are three residential treatment centres, one in uh, Ayrshire, called Hollybush House, one in Shropshire, called uh, Audley Court and one in Leatherhead, called Tyrard House and uh, in all there are about a hundred beds and we run bespoke uh, interventions on a residential basis for those who act- actually need uh, to be residents who are not well at all or because uh, they, they, they cannot access care ge- for, because of the geography and, and the distance that they have to travel for, for, for help. We also have outpatient uh, assessment services in these three, three treatment centres In the near future, our outreach and community services will be revamped, and the plan is for us to go into partnership with the Royal British Legion into the High Street and uh, for us to have clinics based in the High Street for veterans to access. Uh, And that's aside from uh, continuing to do outreach where people, uh, veterans who have. uh, severe needs, uh, who, who cannot get out, uh, veterans who uh, have big welfare issues will we have a welfare branch as well that operates in the community, uh, access uh, help. In addition, uh, we've uh, secured LIBOR money, uh, charitable money as it were, to run a pilot in relation to alcohol and drug case management because. Although we have around 1,700 new enquiries for help per year, only about 65 to 70% convert to clinical cases. The rest disappear, and we are aware that many of these cases do that because they have big alcohol and drug problems. And in my experience, it's not uncommon to find that when eventually you do see a patient uh, who has had a past history of significant alcohol problems, that he's been detoxed many, many times, and his mental health uh, illness has been missed by the relevant. Uh, alcohol or drug service Uh, and in fact they haven't even realised that he's been a veteran who has fought bravely for this country.
0: You talked about the stigma that veterans with mental health problems frequently experience. How does combat stress work with the media and the wider public to tackle this?
1: Well, we work on various levels. I mean, the first thing I should say about combat stress is that our welfare officers who operate in community and in outreach and who is really the first point of contact for the veteran is an ex-military officer, not specifically trained in mental health, but very savvy in relation to mental health, and that individual speaks the same language as the veteran. So that really hooks the veteran in. Not all my staff have served in the military, but many have, and that again is very important uh, because the veterans... Uh, do want to feel that they 're understood perhaps straight away, so there is a lot of military slang that they speak about uh, that, that they talk. Having said that, this doesn 't mean that civilian uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, and other mental health workers uh, can 't do a good job, and many veterans don 't want to see somebody who's served in the military, they want to see somebody who 's never served because they felt uh, they maybe feel that their mental health has been tarnished by the military, so it 's always a mix. As far as the media is concerned, uh, we had quite a big campaign until around uh, 2009 to ask and uh, beg really the government and certainly the NHS to take more notice and care uh, in relation to veterans' mental health. Uh, I joined Combat Stress six years ago. The first encounters I had both with the MOD and the NHS were not very good. uh, Certainly the NHS didn't think that veterans deserved any kind of specialist services, whereas the body of evidence certainly from the US and other countries like Australia show that um, uh, if you have bespoke services, veterans will access those services and get better. So the media really has been quite important to uh, veterans uh, in highlighting their need. Um, uh, Now we have strategic partnerships with the Department of Health in all the countries of Britain and uh, also with the Ministry of Defence, and we work very collaboratively together. And I think now uh, the media uh, is, is more used to us saying that more needs to be done, but in partnership with statutory services. After all, these people have served their country, which is your country, and uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't access uh, NHS services. And after all, one of the biggest reasons why the NHS was set up in 1948 was to treat soldiers coming back from the war and civilians who were also involved in the war. I I would like to say as well that uh, in addition to the other clinical services uh, we offer, we we have bespoke uh, residential uh, services. These involve uh, psychoeducation uh, packages, for example, for severe chronic uh, anger, which relates to military combat particularly, uh, alcohol uh, and drugs, Um, uh, domestic violence, but we also have a six-week intensive PTSD rehabilitation program for the tip of the iceberg patients who are very ill indeed and have had uh, a lot of problems with comorbid uh, depression, alcohol, uh, and the combination with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, That program is funded through National Specialized Commissioning, so we're very lucky to have uh, achieved that, and uh, certainly in England it's funded, in Scotland it's funded, but in Wales and Northern Ireland charity funds veterans because there is no direct funding. That programme is a sandwich, as it were. So we have group psychoeducation, group skills training and individual trauma-focused cognitive behaviour therapy. That programme is based on the Australian veterans uh, programmes for veterans... Which um, uh, services, sorry, for veterans, which uh, has been running really since the early 90s. In the early 90s, when I served in the Royal Air Force, we had a rehabilitation program for veterans coming back from Gulf War One. The Navy had a similar program. The Australians were setting up their veterans' uh, mental health services at that time. They had a lot of problems with Vietnam War veterans being excluded from society. And they borrowed a lot of our ideas and uh, embellished them, whereas we bulldozed our hospitals. uh, They built up their services for their soldiers and their veterans. Uh, The evidence base uh, from the Australian um, services uh, relates to 4,000 Vietnam War veterans, and we are benchmarked uh, through our contract with the uh, National Specialist Commissioners to have the Australian uh, uh, lead... Uh, Professor Mark Creamer to benchmark us uh, on a yearly basis. Our outcomes are good as well, and uh, we hope to publish our findings quite soon. Uh, Certainly, uh, we will be probably submitting papers uh, this autumn.
0: Great. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you.